Let's bow down and close our eyes. Gracious Father, once again our heart rejoices because of your presence in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for the joy that you've given to us. We are all filled with your love and with your joy. We thank you for it. Once again we come before you, Lord, to hear from you. Lord, speak to us from thy Holy Spirit. Dear Father, open our spiritual eyes and mind to understand the truth as you want us to be. Lord, if you have anything against you or against your word, Lord, even in this time, forgive us, cleanse us, and help us, Lord, to be a blessing to one another. In Jesus' most exalted name we pray. Praise the Lord. Once again, it is my privilege to stand before you to share God's word. Today, I titled this message, A Balanced Christian Life. A Balanced Christian Life. The scripture which you have taken is from John's Gospel, chapter 17. Verses from 9 to 19. John chapter 17, verses from 9 to 19. And it is a prayer of Jesus Christ at these last days before his departure or his crucifixion. And it is about his disciples. He is praying to the Father. Verse 9. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. Do you know what he means to who are they? They are the disciples. Amen? They are the disciples. You consider yourself as a disciple and follow the coming words. Verse 10. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now, I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name, those whom you have given me, and they may be one as we are. When I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the sons of the perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Verse 13, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. 
They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I hope all of us heard many messages concerning this. And when, while you are going through this passage, you may be a little bit confused what it is. And because so many words and phrases are keep on repeated, thrice and forth, no, twice, thrice and more. And he speaks about his disciples. When you look at this, or listen to the prayer of Jesus Christ, and uh, you may be thinking, it is a confusion of what he means it. First thing he says about his disciples, they are, the, when you look to into it, in order, they are belongs to the Father, they are belongs to him, they are belongs to, the, they are of the world, and they are not of the world. This is one of the particular issues you must come across. He says about, they are not of the world. Again he is saying, he is of the world. They are of the world. So, let us know what he means it. So in that case, when you think, as I said, Jesus' concern in that is, since his disciples are in the world, that God keeps them safe from the devil. And he is saying, Father, I have guarded them and kept them safe since I have been with them. But since I am leaving them now, please don't allow them to Satan so that he may be, they may be, uh, Satan may snatch them away. That is his prayer. As long as I was with them in the world, they have no problem because I have protected them. I kept them safe, but now I am leaving. But they are going to be, continue to be in the world. But they are not of the world. That is the difference. That is the prayer. That is the concern of Jesus Christ concerning each and every one of us. The concern of every Christian should be, how do I live in the world and not become part of it? That Satan does not stretch us. Or the Bible tells us that we are strangers on this earth. Hebrew 11.13 says, and also 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 11 says, we are strangers. We are going to continually living in this world. But we are not part of this world, or the world should not come in. What it means, world and us, what it means. We are the chosen people. So the Bible says in Philippians 3.21, our citizenship is in heaven. And we are an ambassador of Christ. We are to live in this world, reconciling the others to God. But we are not to become part of it. There are many things we know and we hear and we see. 
but we are not part of it. We are not supposed to be part of it. But we should continue here as a representative of heaven. Ambassador of Christ. That's what he names it. The Christian is literally living in two worlds. They are citizen of heaven, living in this world, controlled by Satan, the prince of the world. This is not a simple task to anyone else. So there are two key words we need to consider from this scripture. Number one is holiness. As a Christian, we are called to be holy. We know that. From the beginning of this year till today, we are hearing messages concerning the holy living, holy spirit, holy life in different ways. But here, as a Christian, we are called to be there. And it is a command, as I am holy, be holy. It is not an option. Our God is holy. If you say that we are the children of God, I am a child of God, you are, expect, you are expected to be holy. So in this, in this case, we are not called to be holier than thou, but we are called to be set apart from the unholiness of the world into the service of Christ. This means that we are not participate the evils of the society, but to live our life for Jesus Christ himself. As a holy people, we are to be different from the rest of the world, as simple as that. First Peter 2, 9 to 10, if we go through it, he says, we are chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim, this is the purpose, you may proclaim the praises of him who call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I beg you as a surgeons and pilgrims abstain from a fleshy lust which war against the soul. Always in us as a Christian, or for every Christian, those who wanted to follow Christ, or those who wanted to live a holy life, always there is a conflict, there is a battle in your spiritual life. But God is giving us grace on daily basis, time to time, to overcome the evil of the world. Amen? Amen? We should purify ourselves from everything that contaminates both our body and our spirit for perfecting the holiness of, out of reverence for God. When we have the fear in us, definitely we will keep ourselves away from the worldliness. Second word, what we are supposed to meditate here is the ministry. While our citizenship is in heaven, we are now residents on the earth. Our citizenship is there, but our residence is here. We are aliens and strangers, but while we are here, we must live with the service to the people around us. Consider the ministry of Jesus Christ. He was here to serve. 
And he was here with the sinners, to help the sinners. And he called us to do the same to what he has done on this earth. And our place is not in a monastery, but we are not to hide in our church buildings and relate only to those who come out of the baptistry. That means, it is our association is not only restricted with the born again believers, but it is also expected to move to the world and win the, proclaim the gospel, win the souls to expand the kingdom of heaven. Our purpose, as was Jesus, is to be out in the world serving or ministering. That's what I mean it. You don't have to participate in the worldliness of others to minister to them. Both holiness and ministry are important. To be holy, our value system and actions are to be different from those of the world. To minister, we must be out in the world letting the influence of Christ to felt. So we have to move to the world and win the people. So there must be a balance in your Christianity. That's what the message brings us. Holiness is important. Ministry also important. You cannot minister. Let us see. Ministry without holiness or holiness without ministry and how it is going to be holiness and ministry together. First of all, holiness without ministry. This is the person who has holiness and separation to the point of radicalism that he lacks ministry, he does not identify with the world. This is the problem with the Pharisees during the time of Jesus Christ. In fact, the name Pharisee is taken from the Hebrew word that means separated. We also claim that we are separated, but Pharisees are even before they were separated. So what happened? This group of religious leaders were formed to help to bring the Jewish people back to the law of God. They are the Pharisees. Although their intentions are very good, they lost the sight of the ministry. That is, they don't take care of the poor people, those who are in need, the real need. They don't reach to the people. They were hurting, and those who are hurting and struggling and gently to bring them back to God. They began to look at themselves as being better and more righteous than others and quickly judged and shun away from them without taking any interest in them as a people. When it came to keeping the law, they got A plus number one. But when it comes to become a ministry or minister to them, they are miserably failed. 
they don't take care of the people. They don't mingle with the people. They keep themselves far from the people. We are Pharisees. We are high class. We know the law. We follow the law. You are the people, those who do not obey. Whatever the presence, the physical need or the spiritual need, they never care for them. They keep themselves far from the people. They are the Pharisees. Listen to Jesus Christ as he said in Matthew 23:23. What he says about them, the comment. What do you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You see this? There are those Christians today still follow the example of the Pharisees to a lesser degree. May not be in the highest of the as the Pharisees of Jesus' time, but there are people among us or in a Christian kingdom, they don't they also behave like a behaving like a Pharisees. What is the reason? And how will they do it? These Christians who are nothing to do with non-Christians. They don't minister to their physical needs. They are quick to judge, but do very little to reach out and minister to their spiritual needs with the good news of Jesus Christ. That means, we, these people, they don't take any initiative to go forth and preach the gospel to the people, those who are in need of Christ in their life. They isolate themselves from the people of the world, endeavoring to maintain their purity. The reason what they give is, James 4.4 You adulterers, adulterous people, don't you know that friendship of the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. They hold on to this world. And also in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. These passages, in truth, these passages don't teach that we cannot associate with the people of the world. But, that we are not to be influenced their worldliness. That is the meaning of it. If you go, unless you go to them, how they will know the truth? If you keep yourself here, far from it, if the disciple or someone is kept far from us, how do we know Christ and sit in this place to worship? You can understand how it is. Even there are people in our days, even they don't move or so close with their own family members or extended family members. Still they are in a, a not knowing Christ. 
They are not having the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are expected to do so. So it is not isolation from them and no one is more and no one is more holy and pure than Jesus Christ. But he was a friend of sinners. He was a friend of a publican. When I came to know him, I was so rejoiced and thankful to God because he born to your poor parents on this earth. He, I, it, I had a privilege and opportunity to say that he is my God. If he is born in your palace as a prince, maybe they may not let him to allow us to uh, accept him as our Lord and Savior. So he moved among the people. Jesus Christ is an example for us to follow. If he is not came to us, we may not be as a Christian here. Secondly, ministry without holiness. This is a Christian who is big on ministry and intense identification. He is out of the world. He is where the people are. He is helpful. When people are in need, he is uncritical or under, un, understanding the people's mistake. He is a champion to those who are hurting. The problem is, he is very light on holiness. That means, there are people, they are very much concerned about the people. In, so in short, we can say in another terminology, they are more in social world to him, reaching the people in time and helping them and spending everything. But they don't think about holiness. So the ministry is the most appealing aspect of religion and makes the greatest impact on people. People want to worship in a church where they feel others really care. Your church, your song on ministry, attracts the other to do it. But ministry alone does not save souls. We can express our love to the people and help them with every physical and emotional need. And they may be still lost. So it is possible to do ministry without holiness, but that is not right. It has to be balanced. Some people are more of the ministry, some people are more of holiness. When this church prepared, or this year is a year of holiness, and we are hearing about holiness, we are all prepared. We have heard many messages, how to be holy, why to be holy, how can be made holy. Many things we heard. But at the same time, ministry, we are all called, we are all increased, there are many ministries, and let us not focus or heal to one side of it and leave the other or weak in the other side of it. Holiness and ministry has to go together. Let us see. Holiness with ministry. 
a balance to Christian. This is the person who is out of the world helping people but he is also one who lives a godly life in the presence of others. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Are you a balanced Christian? If you are a balanced Christian, shout Hallelujah! Some are left. I sense. If you are a balanced Christian, shout Hallelujah from bottom of your heart. Great. God will give us the grace and strength and continue to guide us to live a holy life which will please Him. Amen? So here I can say, we are the people who is out of the world helping people, but we also one who lives a godly life in the presence of others. Although we know it is extremely important to be a servant of the people, we will, we will never compromise our conviction and our love for God. Never ever compromise the love of God to the world. Amen? And this is the way that Jesus related to the people. He was out among the people, ministering to their needs, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, comforting and the, uh, the disheartened, and accepting the outcast, giving hope to the sinful. For this reason, people followed him by the Thousands, and we are the one. Amen? Are you the one? Are you the one? Hmm. So, in his serving people, at no time did he compromise his beliefs, his relationship with his father. Jesus walked caringly among the people of the world and still reminded sinless. Live a sinless life on this earth. And we, as the children of God, live a holy life, a sinless life in this earth, though we live in a sinful world. As an example, let us turn to First Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2 about Paul we will come to know how he lived a sinful life, sinless life on this earth and how, did, how it is possible with him to do so. First Thessalonians chapter 2 actually the verses are from 1 to 12 and uh, I am not going to read but I will go here and there. Paul presents us with the three ingredients necessary to living a balanced Christian life in the world. Number one is teaching. If you look into verses 1 to 6, if you read it, Paul presents urgently and sharing the gospel of Christ. Paul, he Despite all the hardship he went through, Paul did not hesitate to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Why? 
because he knew that people were lost and dying apart from Christ. And the only way they can be saved is to hear what God has done for them. Romans 10.17 Faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. It comes no other way. So the faith comes by, comes by hearing the gospel, hearing the word. So that is the concern about Paul. That is the way he took and preached the gospel. He never ever hesitated to preach the gospel and teaching them. However, the term teaching can be intimidating. That is, we hear the word and we think that we have to be a Bible scholar in order to teach someone about Jesus. No. By teaching, I mean simply sharing your faith. Sharing the gospel to people. So, you need not be a theologian. You need not be a preacher. You need not be a pastor. No. Any Christian, a born again Christian, who know the Lord and love to serve the Lord, definitely you can move forward. That's what he says. The love of Christ urges us to move forward to share. So, by teaching, it has to, it means it is simply sharing your faith to your neighbor. You can do this by simply using your every conversation to tell the people what Christ has done for you. And you don't have to have a degree, as I said, and you don't want to be a, any name or a profession. Secondly, ministry. 7 to 9, from 1st Thessalonians chapter 2, 7 to 9. Although teaching or sharing of your faith is vital to bringing people to Christ, teaching alone will not make impact in the lives of people. Paul, not only did we share with you the gospel of Christ, he says, but our lives as well, verse 8, our lives as well, he lived a life in front of him. And he is saying, by that Paul is saying, we got involved in your life, we developed the friendship, a companionship with you. It was not enough just to preach, we also wanted to serve. You are not just as another much of the Bible, you are the people that we deeply cared for. That was his concern. That's what he is coming to tell them in that scripture. You are not just like other people. But we are concerning you. We have a concern for you. That was he want to say. In verse 7, we were, he is telling, we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children. Just imagine the words and the terms what he used for the ungodly people. Anyhow, Paul is referring to how he dealt with the people. He was not harsh. He was not critical. He was not judgmental. He was not gentle with them. But gently taking them from where they were in the world and moving them closer to God. 
It is very easy to just go with the gospel and tell about your faith and what you are and how great you are and, and simply put them aside and you are not knowing this is how you have to believe, this is how you have to read. We have so many things and different ways, so many words to tell about us. But even to making them to understand uh, Christ, you should be humble enough the way to handle them very gently. And uh, never ever condemn them. They are also having a faith as you have. So, don't put them people away. If you put them away, they will keep you far. And you cannot reach them again. So, Paul was very gentle in that case. So, this is how we are to relate the people. A church that genuinely cares and ministers unto the people, Helping them with their physical, emotional and spiritual need will be the church that will grow. We are the church. We are the church growing. We are following the principle of Christ. We are following the principle and guidelines of Paul. We are a church which carries cash for the people. You know why you are all of them are saying amen to that? You are not a part of it. That means you are not doing it. Brothers and sisters, whether you are doing it alone or personally or not, you are the part and members of this church. This is the household of God. And when this church is doing, you have a part in that. Amen? It is an encouragement to you. If you believe, thank God for that. Paul, verse 11, he not only as a mother, really, I, 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 I like this passage. In 11 he says, like a father, we encouraged, comforted, and urged each of you to live your lives worthy of God. Paul was not only like a mother, tenderly caring for the children, but like a father who encouraged, guided, corrected and discipline the people to help them to live their life pleasing to God. What a wonderful great testimony. He is not separating himself far from there. So, the two important words, even about Jesus Christ or even God, he is mentioned in the Bible that for the love God is Love, God loves us as the mother loves the cares for the child. And as the father, he is more compassionate to us. In the same way, Paul is saying about himself, I am like your mother. I am like your father. What tells you about what more you want? To go and meet the need of the people. To go and minister to the people. What else more? Nothing more than that. If you think that you are someone as a believer, as a strong Christian, and uh, that is not the only thing, you have to move and minister. Holy living, yes, it is a commandment. At the same time, ministering the Lord is most important. When the people of the world cannot see a vast difference between us and them, when it comes to the 
living a holy life for God, then there is a something wrong in our spiritual life. So, we are expected to balance our Christian life. Are we living a balanced Christian life? Are we living a balanced Christian life? Are we living a Christian balanced life? Yes. In many churches, you will find unbalanced Christian. Those who are strong on holiness, but weak on ministry. Those who are strong on ministry, but weak on holiness. God wants those who are strong on holiness and ministry and a balanced Christian. And I believe God has called each and every one of us from this household as a balanced Christian. Strong in holiness, strong in ministry. Amen? Shall we stand to our feet? Let's close our eyes and look into the Lord and thank Him for what He has said us or spoke to us from this scripture. Examine yourself. If you are by chance, if you are not balanced in your life, if you are a holy person, thank God. If you are a ministry oriented or people oriented to minister to them, thank God. But if you are by mistake, if you are not doing either this or that, ministry or holiness, this is the time for you to ask the Lord to give His grace to live a balanced Christian living. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for speaking to us. Once again, we come before you as your children. As you spoke to us, give us grace, more of grace. As you said, the abundance of grace in this year. And we know holiness and peace are our portion. Lord, help us to live a holy life, which will please you. And also, to serve you, because we love you as you love the people. Help us to love the people so that we will minister to them, proclaiming the gospel and live a holy life so that by our very life, people will be touched, people will come to know Christ through our life. In Jesus' most exalted name we pray. Amen. Please take a seat. Now it's the time for us to go to the Lord's table. And as you all know, what is the Lord's table means it? And uh, there are different terms used in the Bible for this Lord's table. It is called the Lord's Supper. It is called the Communion. It is also called the Breaking of Bread. And um, so on. What are the elements of the Lord's table? Uh, symbolism of Communion. It is uh, unleavened bread represents the body of Christ. The grape juice represents the blood of Christ. The meaning of communion means a memorial. Do this in remembrance of me. That's what the scripture says. So, when you go through the scriptures, first from 1 Corinthians, chapter 16, 
sorry, chapter 11 from verse 27 or 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many are asleep. For if you would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. So that means, we have to Examine ourselves, and uh, as a Christian, as we have heard, we are to proclaim the gospel, the proclaim the Lord's death, according to this passage, and uh, it is also an anticipation. What is that? From verse 26, it says, Till there comes, we have to do. Notice this proclamation takes place every week or every month as we do, and uh, his death till he comes. The Lord's Supper looks back to Christ's death, looks forward his return. And he also, then we break the bread in hope of his return. And these are the things we anticipate. And a fellowship of sharing and communion, that is the another meaning of it. Between the Christian as a body with Christ and also fellowship with us as one another. So, individual Christians as well. Finally, nothing less than or beyond thanksgiving unto the Lord. It is a great privilege. It is prepared for the children of God, those who accepted Christ as the Lord and Savior and obey the Lord and identify themselves with the waters of baptism, gone into the waters of baptism. And this is the table prepared for such a people. So, if you are the one, you are free to come and have it. And you read the scripture, here we are not to condemn anyone else. It is purely by your conscience as you heard the word. So, now is the time for us to come to the Lord's table. Let's once again pray for the bread and the wine. Father, we thank you once again for the privilege what you have given to us. And uh, here once again take the opportunity to bless it. The bread and the wine which kept before us. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and sanctify it, O Father. As we are going to take part this, Lord, give us the utterance, Lord, to know you, to acknowledge your presence, and remember your death, your burial, your resurrection, and your coming, O Father. 
it is all because of us and we too in this world proclaim this good news until you come in jesus most exalted name pray Wider than snow 
feet and bless Jesus for the privilege to partake of the communion again today. Somebody bless him, thank him, appreciate him. Jesus, thank you for your word, for your flesh, for your blood, for another privilege to partake of life this afternoon. Appreciate him, give him thanks. Give him glory that is due to his name. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty six. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. That means every time we partake of the communion, we have something to show. <laughs> Amen? I want you to pray, Lord, for this communion again today, this month, I will have something to show. And we have something to show. There shall be testimonies in my family. And we have something to show. For this communion that I've partaken of this day. Things will happen for me this month. Beyond imagination. The life of Christ shall find expression in every area of my life. No sickness. No disease. No discomfort. Lord, nothing evil shall be found in my habitation. This communion shall answer through every area of my life this month. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In the name of Jesus. Now Jesus said, this is my flesh. That a man shall eat of this and not die. That means whatever is dying, the communion has the power to stop it. In the name of Jesus, I agree with you. Whatever is giving up in your life, 
by the life of Christ you are taking today, they come back to life. They come back to life. They come back to life. In the name of Jesus. This month of June shall be your best month ever. Your long-awaited good news is coming this month. Your long-awaited breakthrough is coming this month. In the name of Jesus. And what a joy. The life of Christ gives us the balance of Christ. Like we have been taught today. Amen. Not just ministry, but every area of life we have to be balanced. Holiness and ministry to be balanced. That's what we are taking today. No more imbalance. No more instability. No more shaking. In the name of Jesus. As we go this week, all our heart desires shall be granted with truth. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be. I decree this month of June shall be a month of testimonies for you. The Lord shall wipe away all your tears. The Lord shall turn your mourning into dancing. The Lord shall take off every sackcloth and replace it with the garment of joy. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be. Father, thank you. For this service, we return all the glory to you. Let every service this month be impactful. Let every service be insightful this month. In the name of Jesus. As we go, we go in your name. We go in your power. We go in peace. And next week Friday, we return with testimonies. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Now let the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Peace. Holiness and peace.